Hey, it's Jamie Scrimger. When I became a stepmom, I quickly realized that while moms are encouraged to keep it real, there's a big double standard when it comes to stepmoms. So I decided to start the conversation myself. Thriving as a stepmom doesn't just come from conversations about being a stepmom though. Here we dive into marriage, relationships, personal growth, and more. My mission, inspire you to live a kick-ass life while bringing you along as I create my own. This is the Kick-Ass Stepmom Podcast. Hello, hello. Welcome to the podcast. We've got Darren here, guys, and we're doing a Q&A about boundaries with the ex, your stepkids, and a stepmom's role. Welcome. Thanks for having me. So excited to be here. You literally were like, I didn't know this was going to take three hours. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I didn't mean it that way. We should turn the mic on when we're really talking. When we're actually bantering back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, since this is taking longer than we thought, let's dive right in to some of the questions that people submitted over on Instagram. And so these are like different situations that people have going on or things they're asking about our lives. But first one is, how do you communicate that the ex isn't allowed in your home without being offensive? I think that's just a gimme. <laughs> no, some people just like walk we, in. We've, we've talked about this. We've had friends that the ex would just come into the house. and Your ex came into the house when I don't and think took stuff from downstairs. I think I had given her permission, but she took more than what I had given her permission. Was I but living there yet? No, I think that was just pre-you. I think once you came along, though, there was no just coming in the house. I mean, she would come to the door and walk in the door, but not come through the house. Yeah. And I think there's a difference, like standing in the front door versus like coming in and sitting down at the table and like making yourself at home. Yeah. And I've never felt that I could come into her house, just walk in. I come to the door if the kid's have me come in or we've done some events with graduations where we come into the house. That's the only time I've been there. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, when I had to come over and help her with some discipline, it's always an invite only. Mm -hmm. So we've always had those boundaries. You know, it's not your house. You're not allowed to walk into somebody else's house. We have friends that can just walk in the door or bang on the door. Hey, we're here. But she's not in that category. And I think that's what you have to say is, you know, we have some boundaries. This is one of them that you're welcome to our house when we are there and we invite you in, but there's no just going into the house. And so here's a question. Unless what, there was an emergency with the kids or something, but what if the dad was fine with it and that's how it always had been. And then like stepmom moves in and she's like, okay, this chick can't be walking in the house. This is making me feel uncomfortable. And that's hard because there might've been an arrangement where that could have been the way. I still think you have to say, you know, what if she comes walking in and you and I decide to counter surf, you know, and comes right in, you know, or what if you walk around and you're not decent? Yeah. Okay. And you're not expecting. So I think you have to put it into that category that, you know, respect our privacy, respect our home. And, and so the, the, the partner the needs to say. Yeah. Like, I, I absolutely think if that's been the way it was, when someone else comes into your life, you can't have that, you know, it's. Yeah. Everyone should feel comfortable in their home. Yeah. How does a stepmom take a step back after taking on too much responsibilities, for example, school and pickups. You've done that many a time. So I think that's many your, times. your answer. How have I done that many times? You've had to take a step back from things, not necessarily pick up and little things like that. You've always done that, but you've had to take a step back from being involved in the day-to-day operations of dealing with the ex. But you almost sound like you're pissed about it. No, I'm just telling you, you've like, had to. I know you have. <laughs> I'm right on this. I know oh, you. No, you've I have. even said that. I totally have. <laughs> I think that you just 
it doesn't need to be a big event, but you can be like, you know what, this isn't working right now based on my schedule. We're going to have to make a couple switches here. Can you take on this role? I do think it's like a conversation with your partner too, but you don't want to screw your partner over either. Like if you've always been doing something and the arrangement has always been that you were doing it and they're relying on you to do it based on their own schedule now, like you can't just say I'm done with this and then tomorrow I'll be like, it's on you, right? Like there has to be sort of a conversation on how you're going to transition. Yeah. You don't want to make this into an argument between your spouse. You want to have a discussion and decide, okay, this is something that I can't do anymore. How do we do an exit plan? Mm-hmm, totally. I'm not going to do this, but we'll do it so that you know, it's not going to negatively affect anyone or we're going to have to figure the out household. a different... Yeah. 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 I also think anytime I've been feeling like super overwhelmed or frustrated or resentful for extra responsibilities that I've had, it's been based on like where I'm at in my process and like my self-care and if I'm doing work on myself. You know what I mean? Like if I'm feeling extra resentful and depleted, it's often about my self-care and then I'm like, well, why do I have to do pickup? Why is this my responsibility? Right? So even just like tuning into yourself and be like, okay, like what's really going on here? Like what am I really struggling with? And I do actually have a lot of content on that, like figuring out like what's the trigger underneath the trigger because it's often not about the pickup and the drop off and the response. Yeah, it could be the kid's attitude towards you. It could be the ex giving you a hard time about something. It could be, you know, me not doing my part and you feeling that you're being, you know, it could be, like you said, a whole bunch of other things. But you've come to me sometimes and said, you know, I need to step back. I need to take something off because I'm overwhelmed or I'm just, there's, and then we have to go back. And then sometimes you'll be like, okay, I can do it because it was something else that was the underlying reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just having those open and honest conversations. What is the most transformative boundary that you've ever set with your ex and why? That's for you. I think when you first came along and you know this, we left way too many gray areas. The schedule was way too lax in what we were doing as far as pickups and even financial arrangements. And I think what happened was it would be about four or five years after we had split we actually finally had to sit down with our lawyers and write up everything down to the time that the kids would be dropped off on a holiday to the pickup time, to who actually did it, to the exact equation for financial. And that was about five years in. And we had to set heavy, heavy boundaries on paper because if we left any gray area, it would get abused. Now, what we did do though, is we were flexible enough that if something had to change, we could change it. If there was a good reason, if there was a trip or there was going to be a delay or, you know, we want to switch a vacation a holiday time, we would do that. But we had to have down to the time, the person written on paper, because if we left any gray area, it would get abused or, you know, it would just be childish stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, the biggest boundary that I ended up setting was, I think at the beginning I was like helping out with a lot of stuff all the time. So I wouldn't mind doing the appointment here and there, but then all of a sudden appointments were always being scheduled on our time and it ended up, everything was my responsibility. And I was like, okay, I'm now becoming the default. So once we created that co-parenting plan and it was like, literally who's responsible for dentist, who's responsible Mm -hmm. for eye doctor. Like it's all written down there. Then I would say, you know what? I think it's best that we just kind of stick to that schedule or that list because I felt like otherwise I was doing everything. Yeah. And I think what irritated us is we would give a little bit and it would all of a sudden be land on our plate. And we were doing the financial side. We were providing the financial support. And then all of a sudden we were doing everything else. We didn't find that that was fair. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. There's two sides to every story, right? So if you are experiencing something one way and another person's experiencing things another way, that's okay that you set a boundary that someone else doesn't agree with. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Okay. How do you cope when you are guilty of crossing boundaries? Do you apologize to the ex? I have an email that I sent her once. It was a big apology because I had totally crossed a line. I had sent her this email. It was totally out of line. I had shared my thoughts on something and I was like out of line. And I apologized. I've apologized a couple of times. And I think there's huge power in doing that, but you have to do it without the expectation that it's like, you're going to get this forgiveness, right? Like you do that because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. And we've been wrong before and it is hard to apologize because lots of times they're wrong on the other side and we don't get an apology, but tit for tat doesn't seem to be the right thing to do. But yeah, we will apologize. I think I apologize I think maybe you more do than you. More, I think because <laughs> I never really cross the line. I always stick right to it. Such bullshit. (laughs) No, I'm joking. (laughs) Okay. What boundaries do you have with your stepkids? I don't like some, like, what are my boundaries with my stepkids? I don't think like, I guess I don't like when they just walk into our bedroom. That was a boundary. I think that was your biggest was just you knock on the bedroom door. I mean, they would come running in and grab stuff out of our bathroom and come in in the morning and... You know, I remember when they were little, it'd sort of be Jamie, and all of a sudden the door would blow open. <laughs> you're like, you need to know. You, you need to let us know when you're coming in. I think that was probably the only real thing. Mm-hmm. I think maybe a level of respect was always a big boundary. If you know what, you're not going to get any answer to this, and it's not going to work your way if you don't at least respect us. And we'd have to often rein in the be respectful, no matter what's going on, mm-hmm. what the situation is. And then other than that, I think we just had normal rules, normal household rules that we tried to get the kids to follow, which Mm -hmm. can be challenging at times, but it wasn't a boundary. It was more just here are the house rules. Yeah, for sure. And I think it was really important for me in those early years just to have that space. It was just like kid-free space. I could just go and be in my room. But you had rules before then that like they could just go like watch a show in your room and it wouldn't bother you. But it's really interesting now because if I went into our bedroom now and Reese was sitting in there watching a show, it wouldn't bother me. Mm-hmm. Right. But that's where it was like, there is a difference. Yeah, there is a difference. Yeah. I forgot that. And then the odd time you'd surprise me, I'd come home and all the kids would be in bed with you watching a movie and I'm sort of invite only. Wait a minute. If I did this, you would have been pretty upset if you came home and they were all, cause that was our boundary, you know, but yeah, I like boundaries when they're mine. <laughs> Everything's flexible. (laughs) What do you do when your teenage stepkids won't get off their phones or come out of their rooms? Well, that's just kind of what they do. Yeah, teenagers do that. I know we have a challenge every once in a while where I'll get mad and be, it's dinner, you know, and wander in and open the door and be like, come on. But that's just teenagers. I don't think. Don't take it personally. No, we try to have the set dinner hour and they come out. But if they're couple minutes late. Teenagers just gravitate to their rooms though. Like that's where they go hang out. Mm -hmm. Like they don't want to hang out with the general family. Like that's very age appropriate. And I don't think that matters step or non-step kids. Mm -hmm. I think that's just... Even now Reese is like, I'm just going to go hang out my room. I'm like, (laughs) okay, cool kid. (laughs) I'm going to interrupt this episode really quickly to give you the inside scoop on brands and resources that I'm loving who also help support the show. As you know, my mindset has really changed around the importance of a healthy lifestyle, and I have been making my health a huge priority. Now, over the last year or so, I have started to integrate some micro habits into my day to help me be healthier, more energetic, and to really change the way that I feel. Now, one of the micro habits that I have integrated is Element. 
Here's the deal. When you are deficient in electrolytes, it can cause headaches and cramps and fatigue and feelings of weakness. Straight up, it can make you feel like garbage. And having a sufficient amount of electrolytes in your system can regulate your appetite and curb cravings and overall just make you feel much better. Everyone needs electrolytes, especially those on low carb diets or practicing intermittent fasting or physically active or sweat a lot. And a lot of the electrolyte drinks have sugar and artificial ingredients and coloring, which is not needed and unhealthy. Now get this, according to the FDA, over 70% of sodium in the typical US diet is consumed from packaged and processed food. Now you do need sodium, so when you adopt a whole food diet and you're eliminating the processed food and all of that crap, you actually eliminate a lot of the sodium from your diet. Now, obviously it's not recommended that you reintroduce the processed food, but not replacing that sodium can negatively impact how you feel, which is where Element comes in. So Element is a tasty electrolyte drink with everything you need and nothing you don't. That means a lot of salt with no sugar. Element is formulated to help anyone with their electrolyte needs and is perfectly suited for anyone following a keto, low carb, or paleo diet. It has none of the junk, no sugar, no coloring, no artificial ingredients, no gluten, no fillers, no BS. I personally have Element every single day, mostly when I'm working out, but also when I'm feeling dehydrated or perhaps had some wine the night before. Now Element is offering a free sample pack with the purchase for my listeners when you order through my link. They have a money back guarantee, so if you don't like it, you can get your money back. And this sample pack allows you to taste the different flavors and just figure out what your favorite is. Personally, mine is watermelon and raspberry is a close second. So just head to www.drinkelement.com forward slash kickass stepmom. That's drinklmnt.com forward slash kickass stepmom to place your order and get your free sample pack. That's www.drinklmnt.com forward slash kickass stepmom. I want to tell you about something I'm doing for 2023. I'm going through my closet and getting rid of anything that does not represent my best self. If the best version of myself, the one that I dream about becoming wouldn't wear it, or it doesn't make me feel confident and good. It is going in the donate pile or I'm selling it. That includes my loungewear. I am no longer into comfy clothes that make me feel like a slob kebab. I want to look cute. I want to look put together, even when I'm just chilling. So I have gone through my loungewear and purged. You want to know what's left? My Cozy Earth. I am not kidding when I tell you that Cozy Earth loungewear is next level. It washes perfectly, it fits well, and the quality is amazing. The breathable four-way stretch bamboo viscose fabric is temperature regulating and the most comfortable ever. If I were you, I would order the bamboo joggers and the ultra soft bamboo pullover crew. It's probably no surprise, I have it in black. I also have the ultra soft wide leg pullover pants and I'm obsessed. Also, if you wanna up your PJ game, the loungewear bamboo PJs are also unreal. All you have to do is head to cozyearth.com and use the code COZYJAMIE40 for 40% off your order. Yes, 40%, that's the biggest discount that they offer. Head to CozyEarth.com and use the code CozyJamie40 for 40% off. Does Darren allow their mom to send them pictures? Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. Pictures of... Like the kids, not of herself. 
<laughs> no, I, I didn't like whether, you know, pictures of the kids. when she's on a trip or whatever. Oh yeah. We allow them to send pictures. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think like, why would you not want a picture of your kid? Yeah. I think, you know, when the kids first started skiing, she didn't really ski with them. We would send her them doing a jump, you know, or something like that, just so she could see it. Mm-hmm. Were boundaries weak in the beginning? How did that affect your relationship with Darren? Yeah, we just kind of touched on that. Boundaries were weak they in the were beginning. They were very weak, I think, in the beginning. She was very gray. There's a lot of gray areas. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I think when we got to the point where you were going back to court, it was like, okay, I'm like, you got to write down everything to the T. And I think I wrote that list. Yeah, because I always thought we had a really amicable split and then... We just kind of had an agreement, but it was written up fairly quickly and then we agreed to it. And then when you came along, it was different because then you and I had boundaries and we had time together and the flexibility of the schedule had to be limited a little bit. That it did. How do you hold scheduling boundaries without making the kids think that dad doesn't want them? First of all, usually we will take them unless we absolutely can't. We will I will take, take any moment I could get with my kids. If we have a conflict where we're going somewhere, there's something going on, then yeah, we basically say, unfortunately, we can't because we didn't realize that mm-hmm. the kids weren't going to be with you. It's not that we don't want the kids. We try to be as flexible as possible. If we can switch something, we will. Mm-hmm. We'll do trades. We used to do a lot of trades where if you know she was away for a weekend and it was her weekend, we would maybe switch a weekend and we would try and accommodate our schedule. We were pretty good at just... I put it right in my work calendar when I had the kids, when I didn't. My staff knew when they could book me night appointments, when they couldn't. And weekends, I knew that if we had the kids, I just tried to accommodate other things on the off weekends. Mm -hmm. So we were pretty good at trying to stick to the schedule, but we would be flexible in trade. And it can be hard as the stepmom when it's like you think you have a weekend off and you're like, oh, no, now we have the kids this weekend, especially if you're really struggling in your role. But I will say it does get easier and it does pass, right? Like I just think we've been together 10 years now and it's gone so fast. Mm -hmm. So now when we have the kids, we still have tons of alone time, right? Like there is that really busy time where you feel like when you have the kids, it's just like all kid focus, but that doesn't last forever. So just in case you're in that situation, because I know there'd be times where I was like, oh, I didn't think we had the kids this weekend and now we do. And I'd be excited, but also a little sad because I wanted that alone time with you, or I was maybe looking forward to some downtime. And it's okay to feel that too. You don't don't feel guilty for having those feelings. But on the flip side, as a parent, I would never turn down time to be with my kid ever. And I don't think you want to be with someone who wants to turn down time being with their kid. Like in my mind, like if you were constantly saying, oh, I'm too busy for my kids, or I don't want to take them, I don't want that extra time. I'd be like, oh, that would be a red flag for me. Because family is really important to us. Just the two of us, we really value family. Yeah. Even when you and I were dating, there'd be times where I I would say to you, are we doing anything on Saturday? It's her weekend, but I have the option of taking one or two of the kids and you'd appreciate that. I'd say if we're going somewhere, then I won't commit to that. But if we're not, I'm going to have the kids. Yeah, for sure. How do I get mom to do more motherly responsibilities? I feel like I do all the work and get None of the fun. <laughs> I think you should answer that because I think you've been in the same boat. I had a lot of fun though. You always yeah, have no, fun. I, you always I have get fun. It. Like, but you said it was a thankless job because you would do some of the mm-hmm. motherly stuff, but not get the mother hugs, the mother accolades, the mother credit. Yeah, totally. I think you need to ask, be like, hey, can you do this? Or have your partner be like, hey, this is coming up. Like, are you able to do it? So always give like the first option. But then at the end, there is some 
gratification, I guess the word is, and being able to show up for the kids in that way. Like there was times where it felt super overwhelming. I felt like a lot of things were falling on me, but I'm glad that I got to be that person for the kids, right? So you're never going to change another person. And people have different parenting values too. And you have to remember that. Like, you know, I was talking to one of my girlfriends the other day and we were just kind of like chirping about just life and exes and all the things. And I said, you have to remember, because her and I have very different parenting values. And like, if I were your partner's ex, you would think I was a terrible mom. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. You have to understand the lens that you're coming from and just like different parents do things in different ways. So trying not to get caught up in that, but then also, you know, just being the type of stepmom that you want to be and showing up the way that you want to show up no matter what. Cause just so you know, you are not going to change that person. Like you can't change another person. Speaking of, what is the best way to keep from obsessing over what bio mom thinks of you? I don't think we ever really cared what, because bio mom came up with the Pop-Tart, your, your infamous diary. I know, I know. Diary Let's name. not go down that route. No, I'm not going to go down that route. But you didn't care. I don't care. You never cared. I was the one that said, you know, you can't call her that. But you didn't care. So I, I don't, don't care I what think, anyone thinks of me. I don't think me. you really cared what she thought of you. I've never really cared what she's thought of me since we, we split. I'm very comfortable in. But I think it's a confidence thing. And I think that you need to get really like dive into your, that's where the personal growth comes from. That's where the whole, it's like self-care doing the work on yourself. Like, what are you feeling insecure about? What are you scared of? What's triggering you? Like diving into all of that stuff can go so far in helping you become a more confident person. Because once you really dive into those wounds, like no one could tell me that I'm a bad mom or I'm a bad stepmom because I know I'm not, right? And if someone says something about me that kind of triggers me and makes me feel like, oh, that kind of hurt, it is this kind of indication of an area that I haven't been healed in. It's like, oh, okay, like why does that bother me? Is there part of me that thinks that's a little bit true? Like am I feeling insecure about that? Like so just – asking yourself why you care, right? And you may never get the ex to like you. She may never approve of you. And the way someone treats you is more about them than it is about you. There's probably so much going on for her that she needs to process and she needs to heal from that she may not have the capacity to like you or accept you or to throw you accolades. And if you're waiting for them, if you're like sitting here waiting for the ex to be like, wow, you're such a great stepmom, and she hasn't, I wouldn't hold your breath. Like, mm -hmm. I don't think it's going to happen. I Maybe they just don't have the capacity to. Like, everyone's kind of on their own journey. So I think, like, just fact-checking yourself. Like, is what I'm saying true? Like, is what she's saying about me true? You know, what story am I telling myself here? Like, just stay true to yourself because... If she doesn't like you, she's probably never going to like you. Just a heads up. And that's so true. But you also don't be afraid to call them out every once in a while if they're very wrong on something, you know? Sometimes. Sometimes. Like I said, we never had of what she thinks of us, but there would be times when I'd hear from people that stuff had been said and I'm, well, that's not true at all. Why would, did she actually say that? Or is this just rumors? Or, But I've never been afraid to call her out on when I think there's something. Or inquire with curiosity yeah. and respect. Yeah, maybe that's a better way to do it. Just call her out. <laughs> All right. So the last question here, I have talked about on my stories. This is like not necessarily like boundaries with step family situations, just like boundaries in general. But I had said 
at one point that, you know, you and I sometimes think that the whole boundaries thing has gone too far. It's like everyone has all of these boundaries. So someone said, I'd love to hear what you think is going wrong with boundaries. I think you just nailed it right on the head is that too many people are setting boundaries and not being flexible. And, you know, these are my boundaries. When you still have to take a holistic approach to your situation, to your work, to your family life and be okay, I have boundaries, but there might be times when you have to be flexible. Mm -hmm. And so many people now are starting to use boundaries as a way to not do things or not hang out with certain people or, you know, sometimes you can have quiet boundaries, but I don't know. I think you said it best once that just... You know, everyone's getting boundaries now and this is what they're, you know, I have, it's going to limit themselves. You've always had boundaries. I've always but, had boundaries, but I've not been like shouting at the rooftop about all the boundaries that I have. Right. And I think sometimes you have to look at every situation for what it is. Right. So if you get these black and white boundaries and you're like, I will never do this for the ex. I will never do this for my stepkids or I will never work past four o'clock on a Friday. Right. Like situations happen. Like life is fluid. Things just come up. So you need to have this like flexible approach so you can be like, okay, like, does this feel right right now? Like, is this aligned with the values that I have as a person? You know, what are the pros and cons here? But I think when we get these like black and white boundaries seem like I never do this for my stepkids. Well, maybe it's a really good way to help out your partner or maybe your family needs your support right now. Right. So a lot or, of times or, we're or setting maybe up. Maybe the these- stepkid needs a ride somewhere and you've said, well, I'm not going to give them a drive on their stepmother's time, but. It's well, their mother's time. Their, sorry, their mother's time. But it's ridiculous if they want to go to see friends and it's a good event for them to participate in to be so stubborn that this is one of my boundaries. I'm not doing it. Yeah. And like, who are you hurting with your boundaries too? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, yes, you have to protect yourself. You have to protect your peace. You need to practice self-care and, you know, boundaries are important. But like, I think we need to maybe just dial her back on the whole boundary conversation and have a softer approach. Yes, I agree with you. Right. And Darren's boundary is that he's not doing another podcast episode today. So this is the last <laughs> one we know. I'm just However, <laughs> again, my, I, <laughs> I may, who knows? Well, this was a good one. Yeah, it was great. And I think just one thing I'll just conclude with you touched on this was that it goes fast. If we think about it, when you came along and the youngest was five and we're 10 years in, if you really think about it, that trench period was probably five, six, seven years of the 10. And it went so fast. You think there were seven years in the trenches? Well, COVID changed things, but I we COVID. were really busy for probably five years. Yeah. And then the other kids got older and then even the youngest now, you know, he's off doing his own thing a lot of the time. So yeah. you want to enjoy that period and make I sure I know, that but it's the worst thing when you're in tough. the trenches and it someone's like, enjoy it. And you're like, I want a freaking snap all day. Right. Mm-hmm. So again, finding that balance there, but it does go quick. And some days you will, or someday you may, I'm not going to say you will, maybe you won't miss it, but I know I definitely do miss that hustle and the craziness. And well, I've learned a whole lot of lessons along the way. Mm -hmm. All right. We're rambling. That's it for this one. Bye. Thanks for having me on the podcast. That's it for this one. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, share it with someone who you think it would resonate with. And if you haven't already, if you could take a couple minutes, head to iTunes and give this podcast a rating and a review. It would mean the world to me. But only if you like the episode, though. If you don't, that's cool. Just remember what they say. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. Now, if you are a stepmom craving more, I highly recommend joining my membership, the exclusive stepmom community. 
Members get access to additional podcast episodes, interviews, and coaching sessions, and live Q&As, and just exclusive next-level content and conversation that I don't share anywhere else. Have an issue or a stressor that you'd like my support with? Just bring it to the Ask Jamie section of the forum. I check in throughout the week, and I'm here to help you out. To get more information or to join, head to www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash membership, and I'll see you in there.